And you are listening to the Fans of Wrestling uh, podcast here, FOW Radio Live uh, in, in person. I am Patrick, your host, and running uh, a little bit late tonight, uh, but the fellas should be joining me at some point. Uh, but yeah, so it's been been quite a ride the last two weeks with a lot of stuff going on as the road to wrestlemania uh continues to run wild and of course aew doing their thing latest pay-per-view elevation i mean not elevation uh revolution and yeah, so lot lot coming out from that. So let's take a let's just wait a few uh, more moments uh, for for the fellas uh, to arrive. Um, in the meantime, let's show some appreciation uh, to, to to the Miz here. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Awesome! I came to play. to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I came to play.
Now, that's uh, the Miz, of course, going to be at WrestleMania, facing off against Johnny Knoxville. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be really um, fun to see what the Miz does with Johnny Knoxville and see what Johnny Knoxville can do. I mean, Johnny Knoxville has done a lot um, of dumb stuff, but getting in the ring <laughs> the Miz is going to be the worst. As I can tell by the robotic voice that, Danny, you are here. I am. You're no longer just talking to yourself. Um, so I didn't think The Miz was going to be the one facing Johnny Knoxville. I thought it was going to be Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. You know, this is why I'm glad that we're, we're recording this live. I can make total mistakes while I'm freaking out and not knowing what I'm doing. Well, you guys are gone. Uh, yeah, is is teaming with... Uh, Yes, 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 I guess the Mysterious. He's, see, Johnny Knoxville, uh, Paul brother number seven. I mean, yeah. what is really the difference? I mean, Johnny Knoxville's an international superstar. Um, no, known the world around for his comedic stylings. I don't, I don't know who who Paul is or or whatever. His brother's apparently famous or something. I don't know anything they're, about they're it. They're both YouTube famous and they're boxers. Gotcha. I, I forget so much that the term celebrity means a whole lot of different things now than it once did. You can just have some people on the internet know who you are and you can be considered a celebrity. Yeah. I guess I guess so. Um, Fake-ass boxing stuff. I mean... We all know that's rigged. It ain't like pro wrestling that's real as hell. Yeah. yeah. Losers. Well, okay, so let me read like myself. Since, you know, I, I totally yeah. screwed up on that one. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville is facing off not against the Miz, but the Sami Zayn. But the Miz and Logan Paul, which is the Mysterios. Yeah. Should be. Not, not a match I I care about whatsoever. No. Um, no. I did again, like I mentioned, I'm not a fan of Miz. We talked about this last week. Um, not really. I don't I don't know who Paul is. I definitely don't care to see him wrestle. I didn't know what else he did prior. Um, Boxing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah that's that's junk. Um, and then. I'm still not really sold on Dominic Mysterio. Like I get, you know, he's he's coming along, but at the same time, like he's a rookie, a rookie kid. He's he's literally just help, you know, his dad's there to kind of help him get a bigger spot in in professional wrestling. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't feel that he's at the high level that he sh- that he's being positioned in yet. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't. Yeah, the match, the match does nothing for me. But you know, since he's in, since this, you know, since Logan Paul apparently is in boxing and you know, internet famous or something, it'll, it'll hopefully do what WWE wants it to do, which is get that, you know, get some some cross media coverage. Um, 
and you know get them some some additional buzz leading into into WrestleMania season and you know maybe Sports Center or somebody like that will will cover all of his all of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah, essentially the same with Knoxville, but I am more interested in Knoxville, even though Knoxville is older. You know, like he's he's not exactly some twenty, you know, early thirties year old athlete. But everything that I've ever seen Johnny Knoxville do, he literally throws everything he has into it. Okay, yeah. so I, yeah. you know, I'm confident that he will apply himself in training. And all this that he, you know, to do everything he can to give to give his best. And I, I completely have faith in Sami Zayn as as a wrestler, as a storyteller, to be able to have a, you know, a fairly entertaining match between these guys. You know, it's not going to be a one for the ages per se, but um, but you know, I I think it'll be entertaining nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric's not here yet, so Into let's talk about New Japan. Yeah, okay, go for it. Uh, because of course, the New Japan Cup is uh, well underway. Yeah, just um, started. We got a few days in, but it's right. huge field. Forty-eight guys, and then two of them had to pull out um, due to injury the day before. So <laughs> I, I, I love when people should learn how to pull out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's important. It's important yeah. to know how to pull. Yeah. Um. Two guys. So it's down to forty six men. That is still an enormous field. And I get fiftieth anniversary of New Japan. They're trying to go bigger and better and do a lot of special things they've never done before. Um. It's just a a whole lot of damn dudes in one tournament, though. Yeah. A lot. Well, let, let's start with some of the matches that we actually did get. Um, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and put in the, uh, the two matches at a time. That goes to the next, uh, next second round. And then I just want to start giving some of your thoughts on these matches. Let's start with uh, the first two here. Okada versus Hogosperado and Yano versus Taishi. I, they're both interesting matchups, you know, because typically at the at the at the New Japan anniversary show, we get the heavyweight champion versus the junior heavyweight champion. That's kind of been tradition for for a lot of years, um, but because of the fiftieth anniversary and them doing a lot a lot more things to honor the history of New Japan, bringing some legends in and and this kind of thing, um, we didn't have that, so they decided to give it as a first round match. And that's big because both guys as champions, you know, are are considered, you know, would be considered favorites to go long distance. And in past New Japan Cups, we always haven't we haven't always had the champions involved in the New Japan Cup. So I think that's a big thing too. You know, these guys could be seen by a lot of fans as favorites to go very far, possibly to the finals. And now only one of them even gets to the second round. Um, and then you have Yano versus Taichi. Um, you know, Taichi is still trying to get himself back together after, uh, you know, the very disappointing loss at Wrestle Kingdom for the Tag Team Championships. He's still trying to find his footing. Uh, and Yano, you know, brief, you know, was not the, the king of pro wrestling right away, but he did beat 
Minoru Suzuki and is once again the provisional champion. So it's a very interesting match because, you know, Taichi's known for being a rule breaker and a guy to do all, you know, whatever it takes to win. But the last couple of years, we've seen him scale back a little bit on that in order of being a more honorable fighter. Now he's put against Yano, who's essentially the the opposite of an honorable fighter and will literally do anything and everything to to end the match nearly as quickly as possible. Um, I, th- I think it moves makes for some interesting moving pieces in that match to see where where and when it goes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, fun, fun matches. Um, I, I still can't get into the... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah this year, basically, that two people turned me off. Oh, when you know, so put them together and we're just you don't even like Taichi. I mean, yeah, just watching Yano against anybody, but I don't know. It's just like I was that way, but finally I came around to understand the brilliance of Toru Yano and his character because some he used to be, you know, this this violent brawler back when he was with Great Bash Heel. You know, and he had the blonde hair. He was he was a blood and and hardcore match wrestler. I don't know the understanding of the transformation, but now he's like a, a cuddly teddy bear mascot for New Japan, and he's like afraid to get hurt anymore. And so he literally tries to end the match as quickly as possible by cheating or doing whatever so to take the least amount of damage to win the match. And ultimately, it's a sport, right? Win, you only get paid when you win. So realistically, that should be what you should do. You should be trying to win the match as quickly as possible. Um and and Yano's matches to me, I've I've gained a better un- appreciation for how complex they can be. You know, they're they're never a straightforward, you know, back and forth wrestling kind of match. There's a lot of inter, you know, a lot of interference, a lot of distraction of the ref, sometimes different things and shenanigans. And I'm starting to appreciate them just of of how intricate and complex the matches themselves are, and how much they, how difficult they must be to prepare for as a competitor. Yeah. One one day I think he'll turn around too. Still listening to me. Alright, well that, that leads us to Okada versus Watch with the second round happening this weekend at Taishi versus Tensan. Um or, or no, Taishi is not happening. Yeah. So Taishi straight to the uh the round. round. He'll he'll be uh facing off against the winner of Okada and Master Wato. Uh, which means he's going to be facing Okada with the sorry guy either. Um, he just he's one of those guys. I feel like he's still got a long way to go before he can before he can reach the high level he's trying for. Um, is my thing. I think that he's you know he's good, but he's he's not quite there yet in in my eyes. I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff that that he needs to tighten up on. Um. You know, his match with Desperado was pretty good. But, you know, going against the Rainmaker is, is a whole different ball game. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Okada's pretty much just going to run through him. Yeah. Uh, ne- next to the, the other four guys, Yuhi Nagata and Goto. Of course, Goto win, going now facing off against the Go- Togo. And Sima versus Taka Mishinoku. Defeating uh, C, you know, Taka now against Kanemaru. Uh, Shima won that match actually. So there, yeah, you're uh, Shima, Shima over Taka. 
Taco. Oh, okay. Sima over Taco. Okay. I thought you said mm. Taco going on in the next round. Um, I really like Sima versus Taka. Um, I would definitely like to see much more of that Taka Michinoku. Um, I felt that, you know, Taka really, really brought the thunder in that match, you know, since he's. Since he returned to New Japan, you know, he was teaming with Suzuki, and essentially he was kind of the punching bag of that team throughout the World Tag League. Um, you know, and that's kind of what he's been for Suzuki-Goon. You know, he's kind of the low man on the totem pole now as he's trying to re-earn their favor again. But, uh, you know, if we could get that kind of Taka that we saw against Sima, I, I think I think we'll all be in for, for a, a treat. I'm very interested to see Sima go forward. Um I would have liked his match with his team Stronghearts at the anniversary show. I would really like to see more of Stronghearts in New Japan. Hopefully they stick around as a trio. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing them work their way towards a never open weight uh, six-man tag team title opportunity. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were very exciting, uh, and you know the, the crowd definitely loved them at the anniversary show. So I think that there's – you know I hope they definitely stick around for a while. No. Yeah. All right, Ta- Tanahashi defeated Yo Naito, uh, defeated Yuhiro Takahashi. Yeah, um, and yet again, two fairly predictable outcomes, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, dur- while watching the matches, they did do a good job of trying to bride moments where you thought that the the underdog would win. But, you know, Yo, of course, being a junior heavyweight versus a heavyweight, it's, it's very seldom for a junior to beat a heavyweight, and... You know, Yo patterned his his style so much after Tanahashi. Um, you know, a lot of the moves he does are are moves that Tanahashi has 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 made famous over the years. So it's interesting to see that kind of you know teacher student almost right you know kind of rivalry and see just how far Yo's come into his own as a as a singles performer. Um, Naito Yujiro was a match that you know we were supposed to see um, in the G One climax. Because they're both in the same block, but because of Naito's injury after his first match, we did not see that. And Yujiro managed to secure an official win over Naito, albeit by forfeit. So this was the match that we should have seen in the G1. Yet again, I, I, there were a lot of points where it seemed like, you know, you, of course Naito's going to run through him. Yujiro's not a top-level singles guy. He's pretty much a tag-team wrestler. Um you know, but I think they did some great jobs with the House of Torture run-ins, and even to the point where, you know, everybody thought that Yujiro was 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 going to, sh- you know, shoo away the House of Torture, and he was going to fight honorably and try to take on his former partner. And then, you know, five seconds later, he resorts back to his old tactics. Um, I thought that was a great, great move. Suckered all, suckered us all in. Only to show, you know, he was just playing us all for fools. And, you know, ultimately he fell. Um, but I, I thought they did a great job with that match. Some great storytelling in that match um, that that I really appreciated. Yeah. All right. Then next up, so, okay. So, we're going to see uh, Tanahashi versus Battle of Kole, Naito versus Ghetto. Uh so Jeff Cobb defeats Makabe um, and Yoshihashi defeats Hona, moving on to the second round. Uh, you know, both good bouts. Uh, I was really, really surprised by Honma and Yoshihashi. I thought they really did well. 
making that an interesting, exciting matchup. Um, you know, Hanma showed a lot of his fighting spirit and continued to go and fight. And and this Yoshihashi that that he's transformed into in the last couple of years is really something. Um, he's he's showing himself to be a you know a very viable part in New Japan when he's kind of been a background character for so long. Um, you know, they were, you know, he was part of the, the never open weight six man championships. Now the, you know, essentially the, the greatest never open weight six man championship team as they had the most successful title defenses. And now he's, uh, one half the tag team championships. So, you know, Yoshihashi has just, he's really just turned it to another level the last couple years. Um, and, I, re- I really do enjoy his matches now when before he was very much a, a kind of, you know, not really pay attention to fast forward through his matches kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how long he survives in the tournament, but that first match with Han was really good. Um, Jeff Cobb back after taking some time off after uh, suffering his knee injury at Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, Jeff Cobb, you know how well he did in uh, – the G1 climax makes him an easy favorite to possibly win the New Japan Cup. Um, so him beating, you know, Makabe was 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 kind of a foregone conclusion. But we'll we'll see how how far Jeff Cobb can really go in this tournament. I mean, he's he made his name even before coming to New Japan as a tournament wrestler. You know, he was tournament collegiate wrestler. Uh, he won uh, the PWG Battle of Los Angeles before. Um, you know, so he's he's definitely proven his mettle in tournaments. And I think this Jeff Cobb, yet again, you know, since the pandemic and since joining the United Empire, Jeff Cobb has really has really turned up his game in New Japan. And he's he's truly a, a guy, you know, who's already battled for the championship. And I could definitely see him do it again. Yeah. So fun matches there. Uh, Jeff Cobb, Kojima should be a fun one. Um, uh, that was looking forward to see that one. Uh, yeah, Yoshihashi versus Kazuyu Fujita. Uh, Kota Ibushi first had to forfeit the great Okan will be facing Teiji Jimori. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. uh, defeated Oya and he's gonna face off against Duki in the second round. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, so the, the, the young lions, the current crop of young lions are, are all in the new Japan cup. And yeah, um, one of them just happened to get the luck of the draw and get the buy of the first round. But, uh, you know, his, whoever his opponent was going to be, be it Kota Ibushi or great Okan, it was definitely not going to be an easy match for him. Of course, the, the young lions are never the favorites to win. Um, but you know, I said before the before the New Japan Cup started, I see Great Okan, you know, making it to the finals this year, and they put the roadblock of of Kota Ibushi right there in front of him, who was also seen as a heavy favorite. With Kota Ibushi out of his way, I, I definitely see Great Okan making it to to the finals this year, mm-hmm. if not winning the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and let's see, where are we now? Uh, Zach, of course, you know, ties him in line and, you know, beats him, uh, you know, fairly easily. And now he's going to be facing one of his stablemates in Doki. Um, interesting, interesting because they do, you know, have very different styles. 
Doki's much more of a, a luchador, luchador slash brawler. Um, but, you know, Zach is shown that he can kind of adapt to just about anyone's style and make them wrestle his match, and then he beats them. So I think that he's, you know, I think it's another win for Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Uh, that's, that should be, that should be a fun one. Um, let's see, what was I going to say? Uh, I'm really intrigued to see if we get uh, Sailor's Greater Con in the third round. If that works out, that, that, that can be, be fun to see uh, with the yeah, two factions. Um, climax. Um, so I would definitely like to see them again, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, Let's see, Aaron Hanari defeated uh, Nakashima. Will Osprey defeated Bushi. Now, uh, Hanari will be facing Sonata. Osprey will be facing ELP. Interesting. Um, you know, Hanari is another guy who who's found a, a little bit of a new leaf in, in the uh, United Empire. Um, he's putting on good matches, but he, to me, he's still, he's still not really a guy I see as, as a finisher of matches. You know, he'll put on good, exciting matches. He shows some good heart, but I feel like ultimately you kind of know Hinari is going to lose. Um, and so I don't, you know, against Sonata, the current United States champion, Sonata's on a really big role. Um, you know, Sonata did beat the great Okan at, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and it seems the current, you know, battle between the two factions vying for supremacy is kind of between LIJ and the United Empire. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I definitely see Sonata getting the victory here um, in this one uh, and, and moving on to the next round. Yeah. And Will Ospreay, of course, you know, beat Bushi yet again. I mean, they, they fought before, you know, but it was the last time they did was back when Osprey was still a junior heavyweight. Um, yeah. Osprey's put on some size, some power, and you know, kind of changed his move set and his game plan up. And uh, despite Bushi's antics that he was trying with the mist and you know all these different things, uh, Osprey still beat him. And you know, I I think that Osprey will do the same against ELP. The last time they fought was Will Osprey's last. Uh, Best of the Super Juniors tournament, and ELP beat him uh, then. But yet again, it's a it's a very different Osprey. Uh, ELP is also you know showing this kind of shaken since his his power of the kick was kind of taken from him. His loaded boot finally unraveled. He's kind of now showing this hesitancy with some of his with some of his kick offense that he was relying on so heavily. Um, so I think Osprey definitely makes it makes it past him and. Into the next round. Mm -hmm. All right, looking at the last eight. Uh, Shingo defeated Ishii. He'll be facing Tangaloa. Chase Owens defeated Jado. He'll be facing Tiger Mask. Evil defeated Tegushi. Uh, we'll be facing Tamatonga. Uh, but Bullet Club is fine, guys. And Hiro defeated Show. will be facing Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, um, for that one. we're basically seeing the Bullet Club is still trying to take sides, and that's kind of the thing that's going on right now. 
you know, uh, Gato out there trying to encourage everyone to uh, to take um, to take Jay White's side over Tomatongas, and we're we're still seeing who's you know, people. Not everyone's showing their allegiances just yet. And I think that's one of the interesting things that this New Japan Cup will show, especially with the G.O.D. being being back in Japan now and taking part of the tournament. Uh, you know, see what's going to happen. You know, are we going to see, you know, such thing as like a two multiple factions of Bullet Club, you know, or are, uh, you know, people going to break away into another group? We did see uh, in... The most recent um, multi some multi man matches before yesterday's New Japan Cup, we saw Yujiro Takahashi teaming with Ishimori and ELP. Now, since the House of Torture has formed, they really haven't teamed much with other members of Bullet Club um, in the in these multi man type matches. It's usually been the House of Torture as a unit fighting whoever they're chal- you know whoever they're kind of up against currently in the rest of Bullet Club. So, I, you know, it's it's very interesting. Uh, it's very, I think it's one of the more exciting stories in this, um, especially since we have so many Bullet Club members, uh, you know, fighting each other this this time in the New Japan Cup. I think we're going to see, you know, some of, some of the outcomes of these fights could show where allegiances lie. Um... You know, Chase Owens beat Jado, and Jado was kind of hesitant to to really give him the too sweet and stuff afterwards. So I don't, you yeah. know, and and Ishimori and ELP seem like they might be siding on different sides, and uh, it's yeah. So it's it's just kind of interesting to see where everybody's going to go and where they're going to wind up, and and how that moves the Bullet Club going forward. Yeah. But, 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 but Ishii and, and Shingo was a hell of a match. They, you know, like they always do. These guys always throw down. They bring a special energy and physicality out of each other. Uh, hell of a match. Outstanding contest. They beat the holy hell out of each other. Um, but you know, Shingo's determined to win the New Japan Cup and put himself back in title contention after to losing at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, you know, so this is the fastest track to get back in title contention is winning the New Japan Cup. Um, and Shingo seems like he's hellbent on doing that. Uh, show versus uh, Hiromu, another fantastic match. Um, you know, Show tried everything he could, bringing in all the House of Torture, jumping, uh, you know, Yujiro ahead of time before the match and dragging him down the entryway and all this, but Yujiro was able to power, or uh, Hiromu was able to power through and uh, and still managed to get the victory in a, in an outstanding contest. Yeah. So, man, there's still a lot. It, it feels like this second round is like a first round any other year. Um, Basically, yeah. It's yeah, like we're starting all over again because yeah. it's a huge, uh, especially, huge people, especially with so many people having their first match in the second round. You know, it's not like that. These, you know, every guy we've seen wrestle already, and we've seen them go through. 
I mean, right. Sonata was champion, and he was he got a buy into the second round. You know, mm-hmm. one of the young lions got a buy into the second round. So it's really these random buys in the second round really kind of shook things up. And yeah, like you said, a second round is essentially the start of a of of a whole new tournament, basically. Yeah. And I don't know, Taishi, the, the freshest guy, he gets a long break while everybody yeah. else has to wrestle the next four days. Um, but yeah, we go back, you know, the 9th through the 13th, second round, the 14th through the 18th is the third round, quarterfinals, the 21st, 20th, 20th and 21st, the 21st and 26th, the 27th is the finals. It's, it's, it's a whole I mean. Uh, still, I mean, of course, Okada's always going to be the favorite. Nobody's going to root against Okada. Especially going in as the champion this year. Right. But then you have some uh, other people who, you know, recently held the championship. Will Ospreay and Shingo and Jeff Cobb, you know, all look to be guys who could who could go straight to the finals and, and realistically win it. Um, You know, but, but you can't also, uh, you know, Shake out the whole since it is just a a single elimination tournament. You know, uh, an upset win could could greatly shake the tournament um, and change change the trajectory of how it happens. Um, and, you know, the G one it's very different. You can lose a couple matches sometimes and still manage to to win your block and make it to the finals. But here is a sim- single elimination tournament. Yeah, you get caught and you get a little sloppy and your opponent catches you and then then you're out. You're out, and that's yeah. that. Um, so, March Madness. Fun times. Now, looking over at the, uh, the, the New Japan Pro Wrestling here in the United States, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style Evolve uh, is going to be happening as well. It is, um, I can't remember if it's delayed this month. Or I feel like it's, it is delayed this month. Yeah, in April, everything happens in April right now. I'm, I'm, I'm all uh, about April, but yeah. we're gonna see, uh, we're gonna see uh, the former Killian Dane uh, debut in Japan as he's probably gonna destroy the film Skyler. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. Uh, Skyler got the ticket, but you know, whatever. Yeah, he's there to get destroyed by. by is this gonna be North Carolina? I don't know. That's, That's gonna yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, and of course, the return of the mighty Don Neal as uh, the former Shane Thorne will teaming up with Jonah as the TMDK versus Finjuice. That should be a fun match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see Shane. You know, Shane Thorne, Shane Haste, whatever name he wants to go by now. Um, Excited to see him back in the ring and see what he can do. Yeah. I mean, I think he's wrestled since he got released back in November. No. And then he was the one who I think kept getting injured. Um, You know, so when – and then Mikey was the one who left. Mikey Nichols was the one who left. And Shane was there as Slapjack and, you know, doing that kind of silly stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think this is probably one of his first times wrestling since since yeah he was released. Yeah. Uh, let's see where are we now? So yeah, so the, the whole strong style evolved is looking uh, real good. Of course, um, 
In addition to that, Josh Alexander versus Carl Fredericks. Uh, uh, Team Filthy versus Chaos. Eddie Kingston and Fred Roser versus Daniel Garcia and Fred Yehai. Of course, Fred, great friend of ours. Uh, yeah. Buddy Matthews versus Gio Inora. Uh, Tom Lawler versus Art Connors. Jay Lethal versus Red Narita. TJP versus Mascara Dorada. Of course, got to see him uh, this past Sunday. And Lucha Lucha Landa. Uh, the Swerve the Realist, uh, Chase Strickland, the newest elite member uh, versus Blake Christian. And then, of course, Jay White in his Jay White Open Challenge. Um, I guess Speedball Mike. Huh? Was it speed? Was it Speedball who accepted for for that show, or was it the show in Dallas that he's fight, fighting Speedball Mike Bailey? Uh, I, I don't think it's this. One. It must be the it must be Dallas. No, I don't think that we have somebody for this one just yet. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. the way the way wrestling's going right now, it it could be legitimately any number of people. Um, you know, I mean, you see, you look at that card and see Impact contracted talent, all you know, AEW contracted talent, all working this show. So there's a whole lot of people that could could be the one to show up and, and face Jay White. Um, here's a fun thing you talked you mentioned briefly about Team Filthy versus Chaos. Um, I have heard a rumor about who is under uh, the new Black Tiger uh, gimmick. You did that was that was something that Team Filthy brought back. You know, in in a way to mess with Rocky Romero's. That was a you know. He was the the fourth Black Tiger and the last person to to you know officially kind of don that the Black Tiger gear um, mm-hmm. for you for taking that off. I have heard the rumor that it is Rocky's former tag team partner uh, Ricky Reyes. Really? That back? Yeah. That that you know that they were. This was of course was you know long before Rocky you know became the star in New Japan Pro Wrestling that he is. He was you know one half of the Havana Pitbulls with Ricky Reyes. And they were tag team champions in Ring of Honor and in, uh, did very well in Puerto Rico and several other independents before they kind of kind of parted ways. So I think that that is part of the bigger thing of continuing to mess with Rocky and dredge up his past. Uh, you know, dredging up the Black Tiger and making him fight Black Tiger. But ultimately, Black Tiger will be somebody he's very familiar with in, in his former tag team partner, Ricky Reyes. Yeah, no, I had definitely not heard that one. That was interesting to see. Uh, uh, yeah, he start looking, yeah. starts making sense. Yeah, just to uh, confirm, yeah, to clarify, yeah, the Lone Star shootout on, in, in April in Dallas will be where we see JY versus Mike Bailey. So, uh, no, no opponent has been yet revealed for the open challenge um, at, at, um, in San Francisco or something? So is, that what is this happening in Tampa? Oh, no, I'm, I'm just Tampa confused. show. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Tampa show, we, we, we slightly, briefly talked about maybe going a long to... time ago. Yeah. yeah. I think we may have mentioned it. Passes. Yeah, not, no. Definitely not. Um, yes, that, that'll be fun. Um you know, I was thinking uh, as far as what exactly is going on with uh, Bullet Club all over, and 
could this, could this be the time that you finally could you see an opening that we're talking about this for Bullet Club to fully actually explode? Do you think they would ever undo Bullet Club? I mean, you have all these little smaller factions within all these. I could see them just say, "Let's let's see if we can do without the Bullet Club," and at least try to see if they could. Be as successful without it. Do you think New Japan person would ever let go of Bullet Club? I mean, being that Great Bash heel is still kind of a thing 15, 20 years later, um, albeit they're, they're kind of in the New Japan dad phase, but they still, you know, Hanma and Makabe are still calling themselves Great Bash heel when they team together. You know, if Yano teams with them in mixed tag action, they call it Great Bash heel. I don't know if they're ever going to get rid of Bullet Club, but I am intrigued that it seems Jay White's trying to do his his very hardest to make Bullet Club heal in the United States because you know Bullet Club got over you know yeah they were always kind of kind of heels in New Japan but it, to the American audience they were the favorites you know you saw how how it was when Bullet Club kind of took over Ring of Honor for a couple years there. The Bullet Club were, were, you know, although they were doing heel tactics and all this, they were still seen as the favorites. And over time, fans just kind of got tired of the Bullet Club shtick, and they kind of fizzled apart. And, you know, Bullet Club kind of went back to being centralized in New Japan. The elite, you know, formed all elite wrestling and, and this kind of thing. But I think Jay, you know, is now – now that there's – all the promotions are intermingling a little bit more – Jay White's trying to do what he can to make Bullet Club hated in the United States. You know, I think the fans like G.O.D. They like the Gorillas of Destiny. They like seeing them wrestle, so he kicks them out. The fans don't really like the Good Brothers. They haven't for a long time. He brings them back in, declares them, you know, the greatest tag team that Bullet Club's ever seen, you know, all this. Uh, Jay brings back the, the upward... Uh, too sweet, kind of, you know, more of the, the NWO style rather than they had been doing the last couple of years kind of down low as as innovation. The fans kind of thought the down low was cool. Now they're bringing back the basically the tired old played out versions of Bullet Club, at least for impact. And, um, you know, Jay is also in all elite wrestling trying to court wrestlers. You know, he's trying to court wrestlers in. Uh, you know, to have in New Japan Strong here on the American side, um, as well as, you know, now through the New Japan Cup and essentially through Gato kind of speaking his words, he's trying to assemble his army there. He's, you know, he's he said in these interviews that he's trying to create the best version of Bullet Club ever in multiple different companies so that Bullet Club can truly take over the world like they never have, um, you know, under anybody else's leadership. And I right. think he's trying to do that by trying to make them truly a heel faction you know he's he's on all leap trying to to court people and and get them you know that back into the bullet club and the fans and all leap are like no bullet club sucks go away go away go away so i think that the, i think it's working so far to an extent you know the fans want to see some of these guys wrestle but they definitely are kind of tired of the bullet club annex you had so much bullet club in american wrestling that it was essentially kind of fans got tired of it and so now trying to bring back all the stuff that they didn't that they got tired of, um, I think is a way to get Bullet Club booed. So I don't think that their New Japan's ever going to let go of Bullet Club. Um, 
you know, Bullet Club certainly has lost its stature in New Japan. You know, they were the dominant faction for many, many years. Um, but you've had other factions come along. You know, LIJ essentially is probably the dom- considered the dominant faction. Um, certainly right. the, the most popular faction by the fans. Um, and, you know, definitely merchandise movers. Um, all of them have, you know, sell huge merchandise individually as well as, well as team merchandise. So I, I don't think the New Japan's ever just going to let go of Bullet Club. Um, you know, but, but it may eventually go to kind of this, this downward downplayed wayside where maybe it's only a few guys who kind of still try to be Bullet Club. Yeah. Well, I wish to see what happens. I mean, yeah, I, the money's there. I mean, definitely some type of value that they place in Bullet Club and, you know, it's currently helping people be able to, uh, Break, you know, that that forbidden door all over, right? So, uh, kind of like if it wasn't for Bullock Club, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what can happen in the future. There's so many different possibilities. Abilities. Uh, a lot of changes. A lot of changes. So, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. That's just a thought I had. So, all right, speaking of all elite wrestling, before we do, we, have, we are going to briefly talk about. Uh, revolution. We have bigger news coming out of uh, we uh, out of Tony Khan that uh, was two weeks ago or a week and a half ago when he announced that he purchased and now owns Ring of Honor. Yeah, at least the, the intellectual property, the yeah. images, the library. Well, that I mean, and that ultimately, once they. Once Ring of Honor released all talent from their contracts, and Sinclair said that they, you know, really weren't going to push the the weekly television show anymore. That's ultimately what, what was left of Ring of Honor to purchase mm-hmm. intellectual property in the video library. Um, and you know, I'd heard from the last six months or so there was several different interested parties, um, and you know, several possible. Deals going around, but yeah, Tony Khan, you know, threw his money, threw his money down, you know, or his dad's money down, and uh, and bought up Ring of Honor. In a way, it's a positive thing because hopefully that means that, you know, uh, just a day or two before, a All Elite mentioned a partnership with HBO Max, so they will put be moving their programming, you know, eventually to the HBO Max streaming platform. So my hope is that the Ring of Honor will then also go to that. So the so the the big positive is that hopefully we get the entire unedited, un unfiltered uh, Ring of Honor library, you know, from the era of Honor begins all the way through HDNet, the the bi-monthly pay-per-views um, on to Sinclair Broadcasting's version and the different pay-per-views, um, you know, up to now. Put that all in a streaming format, something that's easy to navigate, fun to get around. Um, so so all, everybody, fans, new and old, can have access to that material. The downside is that it seems that Tony Khan is basically just going to use the intellectual property of Ring of Honor 
as a branding for All Elite's developmental system, which to me is essentially AEW Dark on YouTube. Um, yeah. You know, that's where they have veterans go down there and try out some new people, and new talent starts getting over there, and if they get over enough, then they move to, to Rampage and Dynamite, etc. Um, so yes, the, the past of Ring of Honor hopefully will be preserved and accessible, in a way like never before, but yeah. unfortunately, the future of Ring of Honor does does to me does not look great and bright. Um, no. you know, if they're just going to tr- if they're basically just going to rebrand, you know, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation as you know Ring of Honor, and you know, use the intellectual property and maybe have a handful of you know of well known Ring of Honor talent down there, but mostly use it to. To, to elevate people to to dynamite because that's you know I mean that's that's a sad thing to think that you know the company that essentially inspired all elite you know aew is essentially uh, a ring of honor tribute show the the entire the reason the ring of honor went out of business in large part is to all elite wrestling um you know all elite took so many guys that made that were made famous in Ring of Honor and took that style of wrestling and put it on free TV. Yeah, um, took a lot of those guys and basically, you know, it's. I saw somebody make a joke about you know, uh, in in the music industry way, you know, basically if Ring of Honor is, you know, say the big famous band, you know, say their Journey, okay. Now you have somebody come out as a Journey tribute band. You know, they basically play Journey songs and pretend to be Journey, but they're not really Journey. But then this tribute band essentially becomes so big and has so much money that they buy Journey and just become Journey themselves. You know, it's a weird thing to think. Um, but, you know, the company that that influenced the last, you know, the most influential wrestling company in North America in the last years um, will essentially just be have no future it'll be branded as a developmental product because nothing you know the same thing would have happened to vince man bought it as a thing though is vince would not you know even if vince were to try to run it simultaneously he he would never let it get bigger than wwe he'd never let it get bigger than than his products you know the same thing happened with wcw and ecw you know he literally just wanted them for their intellectual property their their you know library and a handful of stars and just kind of involved them into his own. And even when he brought back WWE, CW and all this, it was a developmental brand. You know, it was just trying to use the nostalgia of ECW to build new stars. And I feel that that's pretty much, unfortunately, the future of Ring of Honor. And it's it's kind of sad to think about um, that all Elite put, rest, put Ring of Honor out of business merely to buy them up and, and just kind of use them. Wake up, Patrick. I don't know. I don't know if if, if if they put them out of business so much as it's a good business move because somebody has to buy that. I mean, I mean, it was just fun to sit there. came up to that point is, is the part of it was mismanagement by Sinclair investing so much of a few years of Ring of Honor in the Bullet Club and in the Elite. Like, like WCW. Yeah, that when that when those guys left, Ring of Honor hadn't really produced its own stars apart from those people who now just all left and started their own company. Mm-hmm. So Ring of Honor was kind of going, oh shit, what do we do? 
nope, you know, all the reasons that people were paying attention to us are now gone. And so they were kind of floundering for a while and they were still having their television show and they were trying to establish a new identity and kind of try to go back to what, you know, made them, made people like them in, in the very beginning and, and had a lot, had a hard time struggling because all the big guys and, and the wrestling style that fans liked about Ring of Honor was now on free TV. So yeah. why you do you mean have, they, they didn't learn their lesson from WCW? They didn't learn their lesson from WCW. They didn't learn their lesson. They just continued the same path that had been laid out before and before. That's, that's where I'm saying the mismanagement of Sinclair kind of brought it about. But at the same time, um, you know, those it, it was All Elite basically doing Ring of Honor just in a big, flashy, shiny way that made people not even care to try and look up Ring of Honor or try and seek it out because the problem is Ring of Honor became harder to find if, you know, it was only on local affiliates and, you know, these kind of things. But wrestling fans weren't interested in even trying to find out because they go, oh, yeah, well, you know, Kenny Omega's not there anymore. Why do I even care? The Young Bucks aren't there anymore and Red Dragon's not there anymore and, you know, Adam Cole's over in NXT, so I'm going to go watch NXT, um, you know, either NXT or All Elite. And now the whole thing that pretty much – that crop of NXT guys that left Ring of Honor to go to NXT, majority of them are now part of All Elite anyways. So, yeah, it was it was mismanagement and bad handling by Sinclair. But at the same time, you had that force of All Elite coming down on top of them that just – it was kind of a – it was a combination of the two. And uh, that just kind of led to, to their ultimate demise to the point where – Sinclair just kind of gave up on him and said, hey, man, like Sinclair wasn't investing as much money as they should have into the product to make it successful. And they got upset that it wasn't successful. And so that's kind of the thing like, you know, they didn't want to invest enough in it to make it be a global, uh, a global, you know, a force that it once was or could have been, you know, you, you know, more, more stories that are coming out now, you know, about how they were always so such short staffed and, you know, didn't really have the resources or the marketing or the branding because Sinclair just – they didn't know how to run things in that kind of way, and they weren't willing to try. Um, so that – you know, then they just kind of essentially gave up and said, okay, we're not going to – you know, we're not going to be investing any more money on you. We're going to release all the talent contracts, you know, and, and, uh, and you guys can just kind of kind of go from there. And so Sinclair basically just kind of – Gave up the fight because they were losing so bad, and so bad. Tony just, just kind of came and said, "Hey, yeah, you know, we'll we'll go ahead and take you guys and and you know and do do what we want with your stuff." Um, and like I said, that's the the positive out of it is that you know, quote unquote, Ring of Honor's legacy will hopefully be preserved in a way that fans can access it easily. Okay, fans can see it. They can hear about it. It won't be whitewashed. It won't be, you know, whisked away and, and only have pieces remembered. Hopefully the good, the bad, and the ugly will still be out all out there and available for Ring of Honor, um, you know, through whatever – however all he decides to, to maintain it. Um, but the thing is, is, yeah, they, they pretty much – all he pretty much ran along with Sinclair's poor business practices, essentially ran – uh, them out of business and took them over. Basically, kind of like you said, yeah, kind of similar to how Vincent Mann did with with ECW. They had poor management, and Vince, with his strong management, kind of 
overran them, and WCW with his poor management and Vince's strong management kind of overran them, and then took them over and just you know did what he wanted to to, but but never really giving them the proper due in place, always making them seem like they were secondary to WWF. But the hypocrisy, though, you know, Vince yeah. is the bad, evil guy for doing that. Tony oh, yeah. is savior pro wrestling. Savior pro wrestling. He's he's saving Ring of Honor from itself, basically. You know, like that's how he's seen, and that's just yeah, that's the weird thing. Yeah, but Vince has seen it evil be- for destroying ECW, destroying WCW, but but Tony Khan saving Ring of Honor. You know, yeah, I yeah, I'll never get it. All right. It's time for the revolution. Um, I, I see some of this. I haven't finished watching all of it. We're not going to go in details. I'm just going to run through the card, and then we can just talk about some highlights here. Uh, first of all, three matches on the pre-show, including uh, the House of Black versus Pac, Penta, Spino, and Eric Redbeard. That's, I'm sorry. Why is that on the show like, why? Why is Eric Redbeard part of the Death Triangle and A not part of Dark Order, or B not part of House of Black? It so seems like Death Triangle is essentially the third choice for him. Dark Order, you know, was ran by his his former you know tag team partner, etc. He at one time saved Dark Order from a beatdown, and then was never seen on the television again for quite some time. And he's an infamous metalhead who loves death metal and black metal and used to wear t-shirts and stuff like that, you know, even with his prompt time with Daniel Bryan. Um, So you would think that he would go to the evil, dark, black metal guys, but instead he decides to fight his brothers in metal and shot his brothers in the Dark Order and said, join with with some small Latinos. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, in the main card, Eddie Kingston defeats Chris Jericho by submission. Jurassic Express defeats Red Dragon and the Young Bucks to retain the AEW Tag Team titles. Warlord surprises no one who wins the Faces of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, Jake Cargill remains undefeated. She defeated Ty Conti to retain the women's. Uh, the AEW TVS title. CM Punk defeats MJF by in you know by pinfall in a dog colored match. Doctor Brick Baker DMD defeats Thunder Rosa to retain her belt. Uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and and uh, and Sting. Uh, defeated uh, Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, let's see. And in your main event, Adam defeated Adam. Yeah. yeah. My my biggest boo non moment that you guys already heard me talk about was Britt Baker defeating Thunder Rosa and. Although there was interference throughout the match, the ending sequence was clean. Britt Baker thoroughly defeated Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa was seemingly the last challenger for Britt Baker, the last person who seemed like a star who could realistically defeat Britt Baker because she had defeated Britt Baker, the last person to defeat Britt Baker in a singles match in the in the Lights Out match. Um, 
you know, of course, it was unsanctioned. The records don't go to the records, etc. But Thunder Rosa pinned Britt Baker and is the last person to do that. She then pinned her in a mixed tag match mm-hmm. this past week before the pay-per-view. So Britt, ba- Britt Baker has been pinned twice by Thunder Rosa. And in the title match, it seemed that all the cards were in line for Thunder Rosa to finally defeat Britt Baker and you make yourself another star in the division because Thunder Rosa is a star. They just need to, you know, give her that thing. And she needs a title win to be able to be solidified as a top star. Um, and they had Britt defeat her cleanly. So the point is, Britt's a heel, okay? Who else has she not beaten? Who's who in the division is seen as a worthy contender? Um, so now you have this. The next thing they're doing is, you know, a contenders match between Thunder Rosa, the number two ranked woman, and uh, Layla Hirsch, the number one ranked woman. Who, you know, because Layla's been scoring up wins on Dark and Dark Elevation. Um, so in theory, if Thunder Rosa wins that match, she earns a title shot again against Britt Baker. This time at the St. Patrick's Day Slam or whatever goofy nickname they have for it for the show, the week of St. Patty's Day, which would be in Thunder Rosa's hometown of San Antonio. Or not San Antonio, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it would be in, in you know, Thunder Rosa, that's not where she's from, but that's kind of where she lives now is in Texas. Um, so it would be kind of in front of her home fans. So it seems like now that's the moment when Thunder Rosa wins. But the problem is, Britt beat her completely and thoroughly. There was no underhanded shenanigans. Britt Baker didn't hook the tights, use an illegal weapon, that would essentially give the babyface reason to challenge again. When you when the babyface loses cleanly to the heel, it is a definitive loss. Babyface goes to the back of the line and is not seen as somebody who can beat the champion. In, in pro wrestling North America. So even if they do it on the slam and in front of her home crowd, etc., because that's what they want to do, if that's when they pull the trigger on Rosa, I still think it would not have been the same as had they just done it at the pay-per-view when it made sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's look at a few other things here. Um, I think they pretty much the whole thing with Wardlow was, uh, you know, up, you know, upcoming, you know, upcoming shows that I think it was pretty much foretold that he was going to win uh, the face of the Revolution ladder match just because of the whole thing with yeah, the way he's and then the, yeah, the slap know, from MJF and all that. Yeah, um, I, st- I still don't get Wardlow. I mean, but whatever. He's just. Uh, I mean, they had they had Brian Cage. Why do you need a Wardlow when you have a Brian Cage? Right. Um, uh, let's see. CM Punk uh, defeated MJF. I mean, their promos have been really good leading to this. Uh, their match was actually the uh, the longest match of the night. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that match had the you know they they had the the big promo segments and all this for the main event, you know, to make it feel like it was a main event type match and all the things that they played back with MJF saying, you know, he grew up as a punk fan and all this and, you know, trying to somehow get sympathetic as a baby face because he was crying, like despite being the dirty cheating heel, like it was kind of weird, but it added depth to the match. And then Mm -hmm. CM Punk coming back in his, you know, 2000, you know, in his 2003 era ring gear, 
Yeah. Which is essentially been the time when MJF was a kid and was like a super CM Punk fan and, you know, fell in love with this man. CM Punk literally wears the same, you know, identical right. gear right. he did in his dog collar match with Raven, the match that essentially made him. So yeah. is kind of a match that was somehow supposed to make MJF into, you know, a next generational type star. Was that also something that they were trying to imply? Perhaps. But CM Punk gets the win. Um, you know, CM Punk got bloody as hell. Uh, you know, it was it was a wild match and a lot of wild moments. And to yeah. a lot of fans, I think that was the match they were paying to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam, Adam versus Adam just didn't seem to have the, the same kind of steam on it. I forgot that they even had Yeah. I think Adam versus Adam needed something. Uh, yeah. Okay, last thing though, this is going to be most because, you know, it also revealed the newest member of the team, All Elite. But Moxley versus Brian Rock. I mean, they came at each other like wild animals and beat the holy hell of each other. Even after the match was done, they continued to try to beat the holy hell of each other. Mm-hmm. Until a real man, both men, both men came down to came down like the dad trying to separate the two kids wrestling in the basement. He pushes one and says, "Hey, you're the instigator," and slaps him. The little cheeky little brother was over there in the corner snickering away, and Regal walks over and slaps the shit at him and says, "You're in trouble too, Mister. And you guys are gonna shake hands. It's your brothers, damn it. And brothers don't fight like this." And then they did. And everybody's now saying that this is the newest and most dangerous faction in all elite wrestling. If you have the two of them teaming together, fighting by minded by the the wrestling mind of William Regal, you know that there there could be potentially no stopping this trio as take you know as you know as ascending to the to whatever heights that they so choose. Yeah, and that rocks. Uh yeah, so we'll see we'll see exactly what uh, the you know what what happens in the next few weeks months I guess. Uh, the next show is uh, Double or Nothing, which I hear has already done very well in in ticket sales. It, came, it went out with, this past week, so um, that's the show in, in May. If I remember correctly. In Chicago, I would assume, I think, is Double Nothing the one they do in Chicago? Uh, yeah, they do that there. I don't know if they're going to be Chicago. Uh, no, it's going to be Nevada this year. Oh, yeah, they're doing it in Las Vegas this year, yeah. Yeah, and of course, the, the finals of the men's and the women's Owen Hart Cup are going to be there. So. Okay. Yeah. All right, now... Our, our, our favorite moment of the season. It is WrestleMania We have music for Coming live from the FOW uh, News Studio. Uh, it is racking up to be a fantastic car from Dallas. Two huge nights. Uh, well, 
feels like five huge nights starting uh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and of course Tuesday. I, I don't know if the well, NXT probably won't be live from there, but it's gonna be a huge. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupendous. We have expanded, you know, the abilities that we have here uh, on the show. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So, so first, breaking news as. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is the new NXT champion. He defeated uh, Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa uh, at NXT 2.0. Um, and the new the new era of uh, NXT now led by Dolph Ziggler. Now led by the main roster mid card. Yeah. Um. It, apparently, Robert Roode also made an appearance somehow in this match. And in the end, I saw a picture of Roode celebrating with, with Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if, if – I haven't seen the show yet. I don't know if Roode played uh, – factored into the, the ending of the match or, or what. Um, I would not be surprised. I was no surprised, but now yes, uh, WrestleMania is upon us, and uh, let's start with the Hall of Fame. Undertaker announced the first entrant. He will be inducted by Vincent Kennedy McMahon, but now announced as entrant number two into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2022, Big Van Vader. Yeah. Former uh, multi-time WCW champion. Uh, multi-time never... champion. Uh, United States champion in WCW as well. Uh, multi-time mm-hmm. team champion as well. Uh, you know, arguably the, the greatest super heavyweight of all time. Um, and sadly, I feel like it's just a, a little too late, unfortunately, you know, that, that, that they, they waited until after Vader had passed in order to do this. And I get that Vader was very upset with his time in WWF. He didn't feel that they handled him properly and, you know, made him the, the star he could have or should have been. Um, you know, one of his mass, last memorable feuds that I remember was him versus Kane, um, you know, where they led to that mask versus mask match after Vader had, you know, had his head clocked with a wrench by uh, by Kane. They claimed that Vader had to have extensive facial reconstructive surgery, and that's why it was a horror to see him without his mask on, even though his mask only really covered like 30% of his face anyways. Um, yeah, but so Kane winning that feud, Vader having to quote-unquote unmask was kind of the last big-time, you know, program I remember Vader running in WWF, and yeah. Apparently, you know, I, a, 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 a fellow fan who, who met Vader when I did at uh, Georgia um, Premier Wrestling at their super show when they brought Vader in, uh, he, he asked Vader, you know, he said, when are they going to put you in the, uh, the Hall of Fame? And Vader pretty much told him, well, they can kiss my ass. Vader <laughs> was not happy with WF or how, how he was treated there and how he was treated since, I guess, but, uh, you know, by then. But, um, 
you know, he's if there is a, any kind of pro wrestling Hall of Fame, Vader definitely deserves to be there. Yeah. And I don't know if they can get who they're gonna get for the doctor, but I think just knowing who uh, was close to Vader, who's still friendly with the fan, my money is on Foley. Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, you would think Harley Race, of course, Race isn't isn't with us anymore. You would also mm-hmm. think, um, you know, Sting, but Sting is signed to all leads. You know, as Sting and Vader had their big rivalry and. In WCW, so yeah, that's not going to be Sting, yeah. So maybe Foley, as they they had their rivalry in WCW, and uh, and they kind of remained friends over the years. So maybe mm, that's the yeah, I know, right? I mean, you you rip somebody's ear off, you're kind you kind of you know you're kind of friends for life at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So that yeah, I think that's a solid guess to who would induct him and and Vince McMahon inducting the undertaker makes the most sense because yet again you look at the people who 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 share the most with the undertaker and you know of course paul bear would come to mind bear no longer with us uh kane comes to mind but you know kane has gotten into a little bit of hot water with some uh political political musings as of late to where he's now seen as possibly a controversial figure to where they may not want to um utilize him uh just for fear of the negative press that it would bring so yeah vince mcmahon of course the guy who kind of uh you know created and and helped the adaptation of the undertaker character and you know they're of course history on camera together as well um over the years and yeah he definitely makes the most sense out of yet again mentioned the people who are still on friendly terms with with the world wrestling federation yeah all right, so here's what we get to part night one. Uh, Charlotte Flair defending the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the SmackDown title against Ronda Rousey. Uh, Becky Lynch defending the Royal Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. And Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. So far in the first round, I mean the first round, in the first night, second night, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a uh, champion versus champion winner takes all match. Uh, Quizzelina and Carmella defending the Raw Women's Tag Team titles or, sorry, um, yeah, uh, against Sasha Banks and Naomi and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Uh, the three-way attacking match. Gunning Oswald to Sami Zayn against Tank Corrector from earlier. Uh, Pat McAfee with Austin Theory. Um, and Edge versus AJ Styles. It's a very interesting matches. Um, you know, from, from what we've heard and been told, uh, Rousey versus Charlotte would um would main event night one and Brock versus Reigns would uh would main event night two but to me the women's main event match should be Bianca and um and Becky Lynch 
Should be, uh, but you know. Yeah, but Rousey and Charlotte basically. Um Yeah. Let me put it uh, like this. I just looked at tickets on SeatGeek. Night one is considerably less money than night two if you buy it. Huh. So somehow women main eventing costs less. Is that what they're saying? I'm just saying. There's less interest in this is what they're the doing. Yeah. Now nah, they've also announced for night two the return of the rattlesnake, as Steve Austin will be joining Kevin Owens in a special WrestleMania edition of the KS show. Uh, but something tells me that his uh, that KO has woken up. Uh, the the missing piece of Steve Austin. Steve Austin is going to be coming in here uh, to whoop some KO Canadian ass uh, all over Dallas. And I, for one, I'm here for it. Um, I, I mean. We had talked about, to an extent, you know, about the possibility of Austin returning to the ring, and and I didn't want to see it. Just, you know, we've we've seen how it looks when somebody who hasn't been actively wrestling in so many years comes back. You know, i.e. Goldberg, i.e. Uh, you know, even the Undertaker. Some of his last few matches that he probably shouldn't have had. You know, in Saudi Arabia and stuff. Um, it just didn't look good. And it, you know, you fear for their safety, of course, as somebody, you know, as because they're not as well trained. And as you age, you just, your body is more susceptible to injury. It doesn't heal as fast. You know, given all the injuries that Steve Austin has had, the amount of surgeries he's had on his neck and his knees, you know, he's living a relatively healthy life now. You know, he's still very capable. uh, And... I would, you know, we talked about, and I would hate to see him risk that just for one WrestleMania moment to essentially try to put over Kevin Owens. Even even if Kevin Owens loses, hanging in the ring with with a legend like Steve Austin would give him more credibility. Um, yeah. I don't want to see Austin end up in a wheelchair for the rest of his life because of it. And with that being said, a a talk show segment between the two of them that will surely end in a brawl and, and, and a stunner, um, you know, feels to me like something they should be doing on raw and not WrestleMania. WrestleMania is, you know, the show of shows feuds are settled and these kind of things. And, and a scheduled talk segment between guys to, to air grievances to me does not, uh, does not exactly feel like WrestleMania caliber material. Um, but I mean, I, a lot of the fans are hyped about it. You know, they're hyped to see Austin come back, and you know, and all that. But I think that you know, a you know, yeah, I'm glad he's not wrestling in a full match because I don't want to see him hurt himself. At the same time, I don't just want to come see and talk and then and then hit the stunner. Um, mm. you know, pour beer on Kevin Owens and stuff. You know, that's that's not really the entertainment I want to see either. So I don't I don't know. I guess it's just not for me. Wake up, man. So, no, no. So, 
I'm here. I was just I was trying to find the segue. That was a snore. We heard it. Did you? Yes. That was that was no, uh, no, but. Uh, where was I here? I'm giggling. I love my segue. I had it too. Now, okay, Arky Bro, they're the champs now. Are they going to remain the champs to come WrestleMania? Or are they Arky Bro going to explode? I don't know. I mean, we we have a few. They seem to be working well together. Um, you know, but yeah, there is potentially enough time for them to, you know, drop the titles next week and have a falling out and end up having a match versus each other at WrestleMania. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. It, it, it could go either way. They could be defending the belts at WrestleMania or they could be battling each other. Tell you what I want. I want them to battle each other. It makes absolutely positively no sense for them to be tag team champions going into WrestleMania. It made no sense for them to win the title this Monday. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely true. Uh, I thought uh, I would have thought that they had they would have maybe got them to start like lose on Monday and start that was their implosion. Yeah, but yeah, no, I guess that might be. We still have a lot of still though. We still have a lot of things to go. Finn Balor, you know, probably going to be some multi-man match. As is Ricochet. There's always rumors of combining the, the titles all again. Uh, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but there's also a lot of seats left to sell. And only a month left to go. Or less than a month left to go. So. We shall see. But we are on the road to WrestleMania. Happening April 2nd and 3rd, Dallas. I'll be there. Miko will be there. So, everybody else be there. Be square. We get to see uh, champion versus champion. Winner takes all. Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns. You know, I, I really enjoy this new Brock Lesnar, by the way. I guess say this post hey man you know this country farmers whatever kind of I was gonna say country rock you like you like C D country rock oh yeah I, I'm here for it I am here for it I don't like my and Roman Reigns, let's talk about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has been doing fantastic work. See, what, what, you know, I, I, I will keep saying this, even though it's been a long time. I, I used to clamor for him to become a heel. Look at him being a heel now and how fantastic that worked out. If only they had done it sooner. But I guess everything happens for him. That's what Vince wants us to believe. Yeah. 
So, because we are a WrestleMania season, uh, usually we've been recording every other week. Uh, however, for this, because we are so close to WrestleMania, we'll, we will not be here next week, but we will be back, back to back to back weeks for the two weeks leading up to uh, the last two weeks leading up to WrestleMania, the 22nd, 29th, and then back on the 5th as we discuss the fallout from WrestleMania and everything that, that happens between now and then, because I'm sure there's a whole lot left to go. So, Everybody, make sure you tune in. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon Music, um, Google Podcast, Spotify, Flurb, and check us out on the Twitter machine. Uh, we are on Twitter at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny from Danger. Mika's on Twitter at Mika Villas. Eric's not here, but he's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at uh, at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.